Welcome to Watch What Crappens, a podcast about all that crap on Bravo that we just love to watch. I'm Ben Mandelker. Uh, you can find me just right here on Crappens. You can find me in so many different places. I'm not even going to bother. And joining me is the one and only Ronnie Karam. What's up, Ronnie? Hi. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to press the Hi. stop button on the recorder. Okay, oh, that would have been bad. That would have been terrible. You're looking beautiful. We are sort of matching today um, with our blue shirts. It's Crappens on Demand Day, guys, so you can watch us. You can look at our matching blue shirts. Let's do a matching shoulder shoulder dance. Yeah. Ooh, we're almost synchronized, except I can't hold a beat. Sorry, guys. Um, Crappens on Demand, if you don't know what it is, is a way for you to actually watch us as we record our episode. You go to patreon.com slash watch for Crappens, and if you support at the Crappens on Demand level, you get access to this. It's twice a week. We, we re, You can watch us, not just listen. And also, when you do Crappens on Demand, you get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes. It's really great. Um, so we encourage you to do that um, and get the full Crappens experience. And also, um, I want to give a shout out to our favorite, our favorite Aussie, Hannah Ferrier. Um, Ronnie, you did her podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and I just did her podcast this week. So Hannah from Below Deck Med, as you may remember, Hanny, honey, uh, I went on there. We talked Bravo. We talked all sorts of stuff. So go check that out. Her podcast is called um, Dear Reality, You're Fucked. You're effed, <laughs> I believe. I hope I got that right, actually. I feel like I just I feel like I just effed my promo of Hannah's podcast. But just go look it up. There's links everywhere. How are you doing, Ronnie? Good. Um, the fact that she didn't just call that up, that whole podcast Honey Eyes is beyond me, but whatever. <laughs> whatever makes you happy, Hannah. Okay. I'm, I'm now like verifying that that's the name. Now that I'm she's listening probably, and she's probably so mad. She's like, Honey, Honey. You no longer invited to my wedding, yeah. Honey. Oh, it is dear reality. You're apt. I got it right. I just, I just had like a sudden yeah, that's what I said. of doubt. Okay, everybody. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. It's Vanderpump Rules Day. Now, at the beginning of Vanderpump Rules, which was just last week, so I don't know why I need to pretend it was 30 years ago, but it was last week. <laughs> the big worry coming into this season is that Tom Sandoval is going to take over and just have costume parties every week. And I got to say, yeah. it's not looking good, Tom Sandoval. Cut the shit. Okay, congrats yeah. on having a nice body and looking good in a see-through shirt. I'm not here to watch your stupid costume parties, okay? You better impregnate somebody in Las Vegas or, mm-hmm. you know, screw somebody over. This is Vanderpump Rules, sir, okay? This is not Sandoval, you know, dresses up like a 10-year-old in Wacky his mother's times. closet, okay? It's my macro Yeah, I agree. Notes. I don't I don't need I don't need costumes. This goes for Summer House and Winter House too, by the way. Do not need to lean into costumes. Uh, they don't bring me any joy on TV. Costumes and babies on my reality TV shows are not a value add. They just are filler. To me, it's always like to me, it's always like a sad ploy by producers who are trying to create a, some sort of viral moment. You know, chasing the highs of like the CEO wig, right? 
But that being said, get a heroin addiction or impregnate somebody. Okay, there's two ideas for free. Or have like a huge lie about something. But I enjoyed the episode despite a very annoying fashion show. Okay, well, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. So the um, the episode opens up um, at some sort of spin class with uh, both of the Toms and Brock are like spinning. And there's just basically a lot of Brock saying, come on, Sandy. Come on. Hey, hey, get that rhythm, baby Tom. Come on. You can do it, Sandy. You can do it. Get that rhythm. Get that rhythm going. His big brogy, you know, rod. And he, you can't trust people like Brock because their advice doesn't rhyme. Okay. Because he says things like this. Those who ride together, together, stay together. That doesn't rhyme. Those who ride together, stay together, which means you're a liar, which means you're going to betray everybody, okay? Thanks for giving it away in your coded um, spinning class speak, sir. Yeah. And I also, I hate when people who have legs the size of the Empire State Building then are like, come on, stay with it. Come on, keep the beat, keep the beat. I'm like, sorry, we don't have giant ham hocks as legs. Sorry, we are not from Mount Olympus, okay? So please don't, like, give, like, keep the beat privilege. Please don't, like, try to, like, try to, please don't lean into that privilege when you're dealing with me, okay? I'm just doing the best that I can. Yeah, he does a lot of that. Hi, hi, hi. Get the rhythm. Come on, get that rhythm. Like, what is this, crazy for you? Shut up, Brock. Okay, you're new here. (laughs) Stop torturing people on the bike. So Schwartz is like, Brock has a formidable physical presence. He looks like something I learned about in Greek myth. Oh, this is Schwartz, sorry. Brock has a formidable physical presence. (laughs) He looks like something I learned about in Greek mythology. Uh, so um and we get a list of brock's stuff because brock's brock is like really big and stuff so he's like oh i'm definitely into a few things rowing cycling athletic training crossfit functional training olympic lifting speed training hit training if you've heard of it i've tried it (laughs) have you Heard of standing in a bus training? Because right now that's all I'm thinking about with you. Okay, the bus would probably be damaged, but shut up with all of your trainings. Yeah. So no, after class they're all sitting around, and um, and Schwartz is just like in awe of Brock's legs, and he's just like touching them. He's like, "Oh, these things are hammocks, man. Oh, the problem with those big, beautiful legs is that they're perspective manipulators. So no matter how big your junk is, you're going to look small in comparison. Oh. Yeah, you know what else they say that about? Your fupa, okay? And it's true. (laughs) If this were a fupa to penis ratio, I would have been more into it. But we start with Schwartz's beautiful mind stuff where he's doing all this math for the the ham-hock leg to wiener ratio. And um, he starts talking about the perfect thigh to junk ratio. Yeah, and um, it's wacky. Uh, <laughs> it's a wacky scene. It's just wacky. It's wacky. Um, I feel like I feel like I, I'm not concerned about Brock's thighs uh, affecting his junk. So um, uh, <laughs> I got very distracted. A message just popped up on my screen, and I'm I was like, just going to ask you if you were texting. Me. I no, I, I I'm tell, not texting. Okay? I'm I feel receiving like I'm on a text, date. and I'm like, this is why I don't no, date. No, because you know what? You know that thing where you tell you like shut down messages because you're like, I do not want to receive messages. But Apple's like, I'm still gonna let you know who's texting you, and I'm like, please stop, please. I'm trying to focus here. Okay, we're talking about something very important, which is potentially the size of Brock's junk in relation to his ham hocks. And I'm getting texts about about shit I don't care about. No. It's very it's very frustrating. So I'm doing um, my best here, guys. Brock is like, Brock, you know, prove, af- 
look, Brock annoys me with all of his exercise talk, so I'm already, I'm just in a mood today, okay? There's costumes, there's side yeah. of junk ratio, there's Brock talking about exercising. <laughs> so far, I want to quit this show <laughs> and just ratio. take on Project Runway. That's how I'm feeling, okay? But then wow. Brock really starts some shit stirring, which I was like, oh, maybe he is going to earn his place. Because he's like, so I heard last night you were having problems with the name. And Schwartz is like, yeah, yeah, I was about the name of the restaurant because Katie was just trying to be constructive. But then Tom, you know, Tom was a little, and Tom was like, it was out of line. It was out of line, <laughs> dude. It was out of line. Tom Sandoval's about to break down crying in every scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so Brock is like, well, what's the name of your bar? And Schwartz is like, well, the name is Schwartz and Sandy's. And Brock is like, Schwartz and Sandy's is trash. Personally, work on it. You know what I'd call it? Rocks and sticks. Now that's a bar I could go to. <laughs> Rocks and sticks. <laughs> I'd call like, it oh, rowing, cycling, that? athletic training, crossfit, functional <laughs> training, Olympic lifting, speed training, hit training, barn grill. <laughs> right? I'm calling it. Athletic type and Ben Gay. That's what I want to go to. So Schwartz is like, but I want Katie to be involved. And Tom's like, you know, she came with more and more insults about how stupid it is and how uninspired it is. And he's like, but you have to respect that's your business partner's spouse, bro. She has an input. And now you heard it. No, 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 no. I'm not going into business with your damn partner. Your, your life partner. Right. Get that shit out of here, okay? Your partner can have any opinion they want at home with you, but get the fuck out of my office. I didn't hire you. Yeah. So, um, Sandoval has a whole monologue about how, like, he's so offended by Katie saying that the name was uninspired. So he's like, dude, I get told my idea is uninspired. Our last name's uninspired. I'm talking about the things that me and you have done, dude. Two people meeting on <laughs> Craigslist, not murdering each other, not hooking up, but getting together and having a loving, strong relationship, dude, where we inspire each other and make each other better. <laughs> Doing motorcycle sidecars, which is universally loved by the Bravo audience. <laughs> Matching suits, even more fun. Lisa, Lisa was inspired by us. And that, she made us a partner in her bar, dude. That's what inspires me. The things that we've done together, dude. I don't need someone coming in and fake working as a made or d dude someone who sat around and built legos all during quarantine dude <laughs> and he's crying like they're playing violins and sandoval's crying for his monologue now i do have to agree with him on you don't get to just come in and tell me you have a job when you've been doing legos all quarantine someone online yeah. had a really good idea that she just opens a bar like it's stupid of her not to open a bar called tequila katie's like why does she mm -hmm. need to sit around and wait for the tom she's on the same show yeah. she, can, she should open her own damn restaurant that's what I say. Yeah, I say, actually, Katie, you're smart enough. I mean, you're, from all intents and purposes on the show, you're kind of lazy. But, like, so am I, and I do something, you know? So you could yeah. open up a bar. You're smart enough. You're gorgeous. Some people like you. Yeah, I'm, I don't understand why, actually, she hasn't pursued anything like that. And why is it only the Toms that get to open up a bar? It would make a huge – like, the branding is already there. I, I'm, I actually agree. I think that's a great idea, whoever said that. Yeah, someone on our so, Instagram comments. So thank you, that someone on our Instagram comments. I would I go agree. to Tequila Katie's. I would go I to would Tequila Katie's, to Tequila too. Katie's. <laughs> like, it sound, like, it just sounds fun. 
I'm like going to Tequila Katie's. Where are you going tonight? Tequila Katie's. Uh, yeah. You know? So then uh, Schwartz is like, fuck off, dude. She did so much more than just Legos. And he's like, I don't need somebody telling me names. And, you know, then I'm in- uninspired. She's uninspired. And then Schwartz tells us, um, I have to confess something. Um, it was actually me who said Schwartz and Sandy's is uninspired. He is such a pussy. I'm sorry. Like, this is, this is, here we are. Like, just bashing Katie. I mean, Katie does get involved in things she shouldn't be getting involved in, necessarily. But then it turns out that actually Schwartz is the one who said it. And now his business partner, his business partner is ranting about her. And it was because of what he did. And he doesn't, like, stand up for his wife. He doesn't say, actually, he doesn't take any accountability. Like, I think this is, like, a real personality flaw he's horrible tom schwartz is horrible he makes me crazy with this walking around like he's the good guy and he totally bad guys his partner all the time he's always done that he does now i still don't like katie very much but you know now like you're saying a lot of that might be schwartz's fault you know because he totally bad guys are every single chance he gets and then it he, gets he even better both but against each other yeah but then that's he later pits them the against each other to be honest and so like tom sandoval gets put in this position where he looks arrogant and Kate gets in this puts, gets put in this position where she looks like a meddler. And the truth is that I think that actually Tom Schwartz has has kind of pushed them into those corners, and we've all fallen for it in many ways. And I think that Schwartz is the real toxin in this situation. Yeah. So then um, we get a very inspired Trixie Monocle tune. This one's really good. Mm. It involves counting. One two three oh. One two three oh. Oh, one, two, three, oh, one, two, three, oh. Well, it's a real, it's a real, um, it's a real sort of like contemplation about like what would happen if our numerical system was merged with our vowel system, like one, two, three, oh, like where does that take us? You know, actually, Ronnie, I feel very lucky and privileged because um, last night I lived out my 90s dreams because I went to a garbage and Alanis Morissette concert. Which is probably why I'm also a little cracked out today because I'm like exhausted. And I felt like I was seeing the real Trixie Monocles because Shirley Manson, who is like a personal icon to me, truly is like the spirit of Trixie Monocle. She gets up there and she's like, Oh, I just have to say for all the all the the female musicians here, fuck you to the patriarchy. I was like, Trixie Monocle, thank you. Like the tr- like she I was like, this is why I love Trixie Monocle music, because I was like raised on garbage. In, and I mean that in all the different terms of garbage. I think that is hilarious that you were in a garbage show last night. That's like the last <laughs> thing I would have expected you to say. <laughs> really? Do you know do you not know that I love garbage? Like no. not just in like what I eat and what I watch. I love garbage. I love Shirley Manson. I didn't I know. Every one of but I CDs. love him. I love knowing that. You see, after all these I, years, I you can still it. surprise me. <laughs> Did you really not know that? Did you really not? Now I'm speaking like Malia. I'm blood. Like, Did you really not know that? Did you not know that? Fuck the patriarchy. Uh, <laughs> That's what she was doing. She was like, and she like paces around. She like paces around on stage, and she, you know, she's like, I thought you were special, and then she like, it's like, she's like, fuck you, just this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alanis. It was just like a night of feeling 90s rage. And it was just so beautiful to then come home and fall asleep to the first 10 minutes of Vanderpump Rules. That was like, it was perfect. I know. God, wasn't that, 90s rage was so funny. I wish I could just go back and tell everybody, just you fucking wait. Just you fucking <laughs> wait. I mean, now the 90s look like... Ozzy and Harriet, I love Lucy days, you know, like, God, remember yeah. when we were just taking chocolates off the little conveyor belt? 
Okay, so that song leads into Ariana going to meet Lisa Vanderpump for lunch in West Hollywood, where you have to be tortured by walking up three flights of stairs to get to a patio to eat your lunch. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even know where that place was. I never heard of it. And I, I that's how tired I was, that I was so tired from the concert that I didn't even bother Googling it, so that way I could make a very, you know, cutting remark about its neighborhood. <laughs> well, I'm assuming it's West Hollywood because it looked just like Tom Tom. It looked like a, one of those patios that overlooks that soccer field. Mm. You know how they have the plexiglass thing and then oh, it overlooks the soccer. Yeah. So Lisa yeah. was saying she wanted to take that uh, business, but that the kitchen was too small, which is hilarious because <laughs> if you've ever seen those kids, well, which we have on the TV shows, the kitchens on the TV show are like, it's like a microwave and a one burner, you know? <laughs> well, she probably has like a full Lucille ball, you know, goat cheese ball <laughs> line going instead of chocolate, just like stuffing goat cheese balls in her mouth. That little Lucille ball call back there. So, um, yeah, so Ariana is like, back when Lisa was my boss, I didn't think we'd have a relationship where we'd have like lunch, but she really understands my struggles with mental health and depression and anxiety. And also we're on a reality show together. So here we are. So <laughs> I didn't think we'd get lunch, but she understands my struggles with getting hungry in the middle of the day. So here we are. <laughs> she understands my struggles of trying to find a scene partner to shoot with. <laughs> yeah. And Ariana knows uh, who she's with. Too, so they don't have a liquor license. So Ariana just brings her some Vanderpump Rosé. You know, the only thing she'll yes, drink. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. So um, Lisa's like, so how do you feel about Tom and Tom having a business together? What do you think about neckties versus pussy bows? Let's start there, darling. And wasn't it so outrageous how Kyle kept talking about Erica? Oh, I reluctantly told you that. I should never have said it. So Ariana's like, <laughs> she's like, well, Tom told me that when he saw you, he was like, you were like really supportive and excited. And then he like cried telling me that. And then he had this whole speech about meeting Tom Schwartz on Craigslist. And that went on for like 10 minutes and he cried. But yeah, yeah, he was like really happy. I said, Tom, you're like the bird leaving the nest. A broken one, probably. <laughs> I'm <laughs> still hurting, darling. I'm, I'm so glad we're up a flight of stairs so you could really experience what it's like to fall down the stairs with your broken <laughs> wing because you're a broken bird. So, um, uh, yeah. So Ariana's just saying how um, Lisa's asking if Ariana and Katie are going to be involved in the business, and Ariana's like, "Well, I want to. Like at first, I did, but then I just sort of just wanted to back out. But seems like Katie still wants to be involved. Um, and you know, I just think that when Katie jumps in. She has a strong opinion, and it kind of stresses them out. Yeah, and she's like, but didn't you mortgage your house, remortgage it, or do whatever poor people do to move no money onto <laughs> other no-money accounts to make it seem like you have a little bit for lunch? Is that how it works, darling? <laughs> she's like, yeah, well, actually, only Tom took out his equity, but, like, my equity is fine, so it's all going to come out of Tom, you know? And she's like, And, mm. you know, if you fall short on the loan, then he just has to pay me. She's like, no, she's I like, don't think that that works like that, darling. If they come get the house, they're not taking half the house, darling. They're taking the whole house. I'm not, I don't think you know how that works. <laughs> if the bank were to repossess Hanky, they take Panky, too. It's a package deal. <laughs> Left side of house, right side of house. <laughs> 
So, so Ariana's like, well, all that like financial responsibilities on him and him alone, and my my financial responsibilities are just like remaining intact. I take financial responsibilities very seriously, <clears throat> like sketch comedy itself. Um, so she's like, well, we had people over for Sheena's birthday, and like obviously Sheena and Lala had this big falling out, and like I just wanted to be good, but then. Lala does this podcast and rips me that shreds and refuses to like take accountability for it. Like she says, I don't even care about her. She's like, so you're hurt that she's framing you out as a cold bitch, right? Can we just we shorten like this? Right We've now. only got one bottle here, darling, and it's <laughs> lukewarm. All right. As far as I can tell, there's no Chilean sea bass on the menu, so let's wrap up this scene, shall we? Okay, she thinks you're a cold bitch. Now's <laughs> your time to cry, and I'll lo- I'll curl out my lower lip, and I'll sort of cry, and then I'll say, there, 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 and then walk away. So I noticed on this menu that there's goat cheese on this side. Is that in a bowl? No. Um, <laughs> is it in a happy hour-sized empanada? No. Just regular goat cheese. I'll never eat here again, darling. Could you put a giant pile of slaw on top of the goat cheese? So it's like goat cheese, but with like a Tina Turner wig on it. But the Tina Turner wig is made of cabbage. Could you do that? Commercials. Here comes one right now. And Ariana's like, well, like, she said that next time she's going to redirect the rage at Charlie. Who's that, darling? Charlie, the, the waitress at Sarah. Charlie Chaplin, mm. he was a lovely man. I loved him. Well, personal life was a cocktails. bit of a mess, but whose wasn't then, darling? <laughs> Prince Charles, are you saying? Oh, yes, well, he has a lot of people taking rage, so it's a good idea for Lala to go at Prince Charles. <laughs> Charlie, as I call him. Um, and she's like, but you're going on a trip with Lala now. Ooh. So then <laughs> uh, we go to Tom and Ariana's house, and James is coming in. You know, on his pre-workout pill up his nose, whatever the fuck this guy is. A lot on. of pre-workout pills. Yeah, it's like hello, 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 it's me, James. Completely sober, James here. Just to say hello. Good God. Wiggy, wiggy. And so Tom is like, dude, do you want a mini latte? No. Why not just serve a full-size latte? I don't understand the mi- why. Like, I, I can't like with minis. Lot, okay. Ever since I drove that stupid little Fiat. I hate mini yeah. everything now, okay? I was, But I'm always tempted to get mini things. I was looking at the mini iPhone. And you want a tiny house. Yeah, I did want a tiny house for a while. Um, now I yeah. do not. Okay, then I gained 100 okay. pounds. Okay, so now I do not <laughs> want a tiny house. Now a regular house is a tiny house. Oh my God, I totally just... I totally just secreted house. my house. Yeah, I just totally secreted. <laughs> I, guess that's, I guess a secret can work in bad ways, too, because I wanted a tiny house, then I gained 100 pounds. Now I basically live in a tiny house. <laughs> <laughs> but you were looking at the mini iPhone? Yeah. Is there a mini iPhone? Yeah. Isn't that just a watch? No, no, that's really mini. See, this is why I don't like... Okay, wait, so is that a new thing, the mini iPhone? No, it came out like last year. It's basically the size of the 4S. You remember the the old iPhones? Yeah, see, here's what I hate. Okay, this is what I don't like. Okay, iPhones are a certain size, and they're like that for like five generations. And then they're like, ooh, here comes the 6S or whatever. And it's like a little bit bigger. And then there's like the like the iPhone maxi pad and it's like really big. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, look how big. Isn't it so nice that we finally have big iPhones? And now that we have big iPhones, how about a mini one? And it's just going back the same size. You don't fool me, Apple. Well, it's not fooling. It's that we try things, you know, you have to adjust. So we got, you know, we try the iPhone max and people like me 
ham hock hands. We, I'm like, that's perfect for me. So I get the, the max. And then I'm like, do I have carpal tunnel syndrome now? Because we're on our phones all the time. And you're holding your phone like this. And then you realize you're never going to use your hands again the same. And so then you have to readjust and go back to the little phones, you mm-hmm. see? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I will, whenever I think of like like large Apple products, and this is Vanderpump Rules related, and it's also um, it's name droppy, which is my favorite thing. But it is Vanderpump Rules related. My, you're like, <laughs> you know what garbage told me. <laughs> you know, when Shirley Manson was that, I did once hold a door for Shirley Manson, and that was like a really exciting thing for me. And now I just have to wait to hold a door for Alanis, and my life will be complete. But um, no, uh, when I would think of large Apple products, I think of the time that I encountered Sheena at the Grove. <laughs> and uh, she had like that brand new enormous iPad thing. That's yeah. like, it's it's basically like a menu. And she's like, I have to go to the iPad. I have to go to the Apple Store because this is a worry. And I was like, of course, you know, has like this. Like she's like holding it like it's a normal size iPad, but it's like so huge. Yeah. And just like the idea of Sheena with an oversized iPad, the visual. I don't know people if it translates. Yeah, because Sheena's tiny too. You know, so she's like her with this like gigantic screen. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so I think, anyway, I think she was James, trying to pull the old perspective manipulation, like her her future husband. Yeah, so here we are with mini lattes. No, that's not going to work for me. Okay, so <laughs> that sizes. Uh, basically, they're talking about how James. Can you believe I'm popping the question to Raquel in Palm Springs, <laughs> bruh? Can you believe it, bruh? And of course, that question is: Would you like to split a salad? Would you like to no split fees here in Palm Springs? <laughs> And Tom's like, oh, I'm so honored you brought me in the know, dude. It's like so fun for me, bro. And so we find out that basically Tom is just doing everything for James. You know, poor Raquel. Yeah. <laughs> poor Raquel. Yeah, poor, poor Raquel. Especially at the end of this, when we see the scenes for next week. Poor Raquel. Yeah. So he's like, dude, I got a food truck and a drink truck and a fire dancer and someone rotating in a hoop and like fireworks. And um, I got an elephant and I got a lion. And um, I also just got like uh, one of those things. Remember that thing I got so you can like freeze a shot immediately? I, I, I'm using that too. And uh, I got a pillow. There's a pillow. There's going to be a pillow, dude. Mini pillow. Mini pillow. <laughs> so James is like, um, he's so excited because honestly, Ariana's never going to let him propose to her. Uh, so James and, is talking about how he wants to recreate Coachella because Raquel Raquel's just one of those people who cherishes all of her memories of Coachella. <laughs> and and we see this evidence by the fact that they're like at some store and there's a cigar box and she's like, "Oh my god, I have a cigar box with all of my cherished memorabilia in it. Like our Coachella wristbands are in there." <laughs> I was like, "Oh." Oh. Um, and he's like, yeah. And I had to say, it hasn't happened in the past two years. And I thought to myself, what's the most romantic place in the world? The rave tent at Coachella. You know, I think in the in the spirit of finding uh, silver linings during what has been a very challenging, you know, 18 months, we've had a global pandemic. And it's been a very, very hard time. I think the silver lining is... Two years with no Coachella has been wonderful. <laughs> how how lovely to have two years with no like without like fifty people posting on your social media feed the poster for Coachella for Coachella. Like literally, do we ever need to see that poster? What is the point? Like, thank you for propagating a marketing tool to me. I don't need it. Oh. I don't need it. And the awful photos and the feathers and the hair and the ugh and like the 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 grainy shitty videos in the fucking romantic rave tent. And here's something else I will say about last night's concert. I refused, and I did not, 
put any videos on my social media because that is truly the most annoying thing in the world, right? Like someone goes to a concert and then on their story, it's like 10, 10 dots of like grainy footage of just like blur, like blasted out like white light and like barely legible audio. No, I will not do that. And thank you that we have not had Coachella for two years and we've not had to deal with that on mass. Thank you. All I see when I see Coachella posts are butt, I just smell butt crack. Like I just start smelling <laughs> butt crack everywhere. I just have to scroll through until the butt crack smell goes away. Cause it is hot as hell out there and people don't bathe or barely even wipe. You know, that's like, you know, when you walk into a porta potty and then you leave and you can still smell the chemicals, like they just seep into you like that poop. Yeah. That poop chemical. <gasps> Ronnie. What? Sorry. I interrupt this podcast. Remember I said right before we started that I was like, oh, I feel like I had something to announce before I said there was something I was like, I want to say on this podcast and I forgot. And I was like, I, I was like, I know there was something. Else. I remembered what it was, Ronnie. I interrupt this podcast at this very crucial juncture. Poop chemicals. Which is, but guys, I wiped my ass. I forgot <laughs> to tell you. I finally figured it out. No, I went to a restaurant on Monday night. And in fact, it was a Top Chef restaurant. So it was already Bravo-themed, and guess who was there? Even though you already know the answer, because I already texted you immediately when it happened. <laughs> but pretend like you don't know. Who? Guess who was there? Who? It was Mike and Polina! And <laughs> uh, Mike was sitting there in the corner uh, with his all his brothers and Polina! And um, he was... A few times he like looked in my general direction, and I, I thought he was scowling at me, but it could also just be Mike just generally scowling at space, you know? Like, <laughs> got to look out for those hackers who are going to who are going to hack this menu and then make it look like it is like it's a spoof menu. Yeah. But um he he sort of he was there and um I was very scared. I, I had this feeling that he was gonna come up to my table and be like, I heard your podcast. And you think you're funny? You think you're a funny person because you make fun of people and they're very wonderful relationships with Paulina. And so, and at one point he went to the bathroom and he walked right by the table and I was like, oh, I bet on the way back, he'd be like, hey, I know who you are. You're that Watch Your Crap as podcast? It is crap. That's what it is. It's not beautiful like Paulina. But he so did. basically so an iTunes survived. review. Yeah, um, so. Wow. Spoof Paulina. Uh, Spoof Paulina. So let's get back to this because we're going to be here all day. Because <laughs> my story had no point. No, 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 no. I mean, it was like you saw Mike. That's cool. But, you know, we're going to be here all goddamn day. <laughs> So Alanis. But I do okay. love that. So Mike was at Alanis. So I do love that Poop Chemicals took you to Mike Shuad. That's pretty fitting. <laughs> it literally did. I was like, oh my God, Mike. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so Tom um, is talking about Raquel, this proposal. So he says, um, did you talk to her dad? Did he put you through the ringer, dude? And James is like, well, I thought it was, you know, what better way to ask than to go on a manly hike? I was like, mm, okay. So you did run you in. Come on, yeah. James. And he's like, I said, I love her so much, and I want to ask you for your blessing. And then he made a joke saying, I could just throw you in this ditch right now, bro. He said, I could just throw you in this ditch right now, bro. To be fair, a lot of people say that to James anytime they talk to him. <laughs> so, um, so he's like, my family loves Raquel. For me... With Raquel's family, it's been tougher time. I mean, it's fucking Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. It's huge. Mission Impossible. I'm like, that's because you're a terrier. You yell at her. You yell at her and you shame her and you scream at her and you are like out of control. Okay. Well, and of course so. your family loves her. Your family's like your mother, eh? And then your dad, the chimney sweep, trying to steal all your money. <laughs> of course, they see a girl who comes from a nice family and they love her. 
It's like they see a big sack of money sitting there. Of course they're going to try and get you to marry her. Her family would be completely stupid not to say, no, he's abusive to you on TV. Like, if he's like that to you on TV, what is he like off of TV? But we would never insinuate that Raquel's family out of all families would be completely stupid because that would be unfathomable. So... Uh, basically the dad hugged James and said, welcome to the family. Uh, but it wasn't an official yes. And so essentially James has now, he's very inspired to make Raquel's dad proud, which means he's just going to yell at Raquel more and then be like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be better. I don't know why I do these things. I got so angry, Lisa. He's like, my name's not even Lisa. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you and Lisa. (laughs) So then, uh, everybody starts packing for Palm Springs. We go over to Lala's house and I'm really shocked by Lala's suitcase. I'm surprised she doesn't have the Mm. real housewife stack of Louis. Yeah, I was surprised too. Uh, that was I, I noticed that. I was like, well, look at this runty suitcase. So, um, yeah, and and we do get some more Trixie monocle of like, my way, my way, it's my life and I do it my way, my way. So maybe like that suitcase is just Lala doing it her way, just keeping it real, you know? Yeah. Uh, so she's like, oh my God, Rand, look at this. Ocean and I are going to match with our crop tops. And he's like, she's like eight weeks old. Come on. You can't do that to us. <laughs> so she goes, before I had Ocean, I used to have this bag that was filled with like booty shorts and crop tops. And now one side is full of mom jeans and the other side has Ocean stuff and my breast bump. Guys, it's called having a baby. I don't know if anyone's ever done it before, <laughs> but like just come to me for some like really cool observations. I used to be this girl with a closet and now I'm this girl with like a closet and a baby. Because I have a baby now. So she's like, you know like, what? I used to be up until like one in the morning. And now at like 10 o'clock, I like have to go to sleep. It's like, wow, Lala. Wow, what an observation. He's like, well, look, I don't know. But but this swimsuit, I don't know if you can take this. Because remember at Target, we bought this. And the census is still on. She goes, you know why I'm upset by that, Rand? Because we walked off and it was beeping. And you said it was nothing. He's like, what? So it's my fault. What, what, did you see the person put it in the bag? Couldn't you have said said to them then? She goes, you were the person who put it in the bag. It was self-checkout. <laughs> this has got to be the way that Randall produces movies, right? Like, hey, so we have some notes. The story literally doesn't make sense. And actually the characters, I, I feel like you've just taken a bunch of pages from different scripts and put them together and said, this is the script. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Let's we go. Self-checkout. Come on, we're going to go. I know. He's like trying to walk past the <laughs> director's chair and it just starts beeping. They're like, sir, I think this entire sir? project has been stolen from other projects. Ah, come on, come on. What, what are you, you going to do? Sir, I think that... This script actually has one of those security things from Target on it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But it got paint all over the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, we'll shoot around that. We'll shoot around. We'll use the dialogue we can see. We're going to do Great Gatsby, but Great Gatsby was a whore, and the whore is played by Al Pacino for five lines. All right, figure the rest (laughs) out. Let's just figure the rest out. Bruce Willis going to come in, shoot fucking Daisy, slap Zoe, (laughs) and then uh, then she'll be Zelda, and then they'll be gone. Okay? Is there even a Zelda? Is that just... Gatsby's love interest. I don't or or I don't know. All I really know from Gatsby is what I've learned from Housewives shows. Housewives parties. <laughs> and below deck. Yeah. <laughs> below deck dinners, right? Yeah. Um so uh so Lala, so tomorrow, guys, Lala's going to find out if she's a New York Times best-selling author, which at this point I feel like every every author like legitimate author <laughs> is like having a panic attack like oh my god if lala becomes a best-selling author and me with my you know mfa from 
Bates College or something. <laughs> and I, my book that I spent 15 years working on and characters and like a foreword by like the ghost of Susan Sontag. If I'm not a best-selling author, but Lala is, I'm just going to throw myself off a bridge. I know. And Lala tells us, I did everything I could to be a New York Times best-selling author. Have you ever written anything? Like usually did that's you, what the what starts it is you write a lot you take of a things class? and you <laughs> become good at writing until you're so good that people are like, Oh my god, this writer wrote a book and I'm excited about it. You didn't do everything. You went on a bunch of fucking podcasts, okay? Yeah, she goes, I even went in stores to sign books. No one even asked me to. I just went and signed books and they weren't even my books. I, I signed a bonfire <laughs> of the vanities. I, I I signed a textbook. I signed I signed you know, like Java for dummies. Signed I a signed lot everything, of really. color purples because I really love that color. I look really fucking hot in that color. Okay. So she's like, it's a huge accomplishment if I make it. And if I don't, I'm going to be really upset, Rant. I'm going to be really upset if I don't do it. When I'm going on there. I love her, like, New York Times bestselling author privilege. I'm throwing privilege around a lot today. I think it's, again, like, I was in well, the presence of Shirley Manson last night, so I have to, like, it's fitting. Know, be yeah. angry yeah. at systems of, you know. But um, uh, <laughs> but her being, like, crying almost like she's entitled to being on the New York Times bestselling list, like, which is this huge accomplishment, like, like she's on TV and she's pretty, so therefore she should be on this list. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Amazing. She's like, you know, I'm pretty black or white with things, Rand. So, like, you know, with Palm Springs, like, I'm in the gray with Ariana because I was on this podcast and I was asked about her and I was like, why are you tripping about me saying I don't care about you? So yeah. what? She goes, <laughs> she goes, Ariana was screaming, screaming, as if Lala doesn't scream at everyone every episode for the past, like, 15 years of her life. So... She's like, and I couldn't get a word in. And all of a sudden, Charlie's chiming in, trying to respond to her. And I had to just, I had to get out of there. I'm like, no, you were kicked out. And the only thing that kept me from drowning her in that body of water in her backyard was the thought of my kid at home. Okay. I'm like, or that you would have taken someone's life, you know, like, don't, like the way that she wove, like, I have a kid at home into this was <laughs> so awkward and clunky because like, Potentially, like, homicidal narrative. Um, I would have murdered her, but then I realized Ocean never got to try on her new crop top. So I had to get out. <laughs> and he's like, I'm scared. I realized that might, that might stop me from being on the New York Times bestseller list, okay? So then we go to <laughs> Villa Rosa, where Lisa's wearing an apron and moving flowers in the backyard and cutting them. And did you notice that Hanky and Panky, there, there's clearly a, a West Side Story thing going on in that pond because there was like some, like not chicken wire, but, you know, like mesh up between the white swans and the black swans. Oh, really? In the Yes, I noticed that the white swans were on one side of the mesh. So let's see the toms come over. You're late. And they're coming and, over to pick up flowers to go to Tom Tom, and they're wearing matching golf pants. <sighs> and so she wants, funny. yeah, and and she wants them to take this like giant water jug of flowers and just put them on the bar top. I'm like, what is Lisa's obsession with putting enormous planters on bar tops? You know, there's a functional reason why we have a bar, and it's not for flowers; it's for people to put their drinks on, so you can people can sit there and order more drinks and i hope they didn't come on this motorcycle but it sounds like they did because she's like what you need to do is take these to tom tom and don't let them spill they can't fall over and tom's like i'll have them on my lap 
I was like, are you driving the motorcycle? And yeah. so she sends Tom Schwartz over to fill with water, but that's all she water. gives him instructions. She's like, here, put water in these. And he's like, uh, uh, I There's see a horses. tap of water. Water. Uh, to the water. Do you know what water uh, is? To the, the faucet. A faucet. To uh, the right. To the right. No, no, no. Not the pool. The faucet. Okay. To the right. You're getting warmer, warmer, uh, uh, cold, cold, uh, cold. Uh, okay, let me phrase this in ways that make sense to you. Sea bass, that's cold. Goat cheese balls is warm. No, oh, he's asleep. He's asleep. <laughs> he's just sleeping in the horse pen. Um, so Tom's like, I gotta tell you something without Schwartz around, bro. And he's like, whoa, you painted the horse house. <laughs> I'm gonna violate. That's Ken. I'm gonna violate my trust with James. He's proposing to, to uh, Raquel in, in Palm Springs. I wrote in Tom Springs. Even that would be a better <laughs> name for your that bar. Would be, Tom Springs would be a great name for a bar, actually. Oh my god, we're coming up with so many make it doozies pa- today. And make it like Palm Springs, like Tom uh, Springs. You did decor, yeah, yeah. So Lisa's like, "Well, I'm very happy for them, and I'm, but I'm worried. Raquel deserves the best, and I, I hope she comes up to that place, to, and I hope that he comes up to that place and is the person that he wants to be." I'm like, "It's not gonna happen. It's what six, seven years. It's not happening." Since it's last happening. week, when he called your son a fat effing cut fitness, <laughs> wussy, wussy energy, and then Schwartz comes back and he goes, "Oh." If reincarnation is a thing, I want to come back as a turtle at Villa Rosa. And Lisa goes, well, that's ambitious. <laughs> I know. The turtle works harder than you, sir. Okay. And, Tom's and it's like, like little, I, by the way, the, the laziest plan of reincarnation. Not just like to be a turtle is, on, is a little bit on the lazy side for like a reincarnation goal. But like a turtle at Villa Rosa. He literally wants to do nothing in the next life. <laughs> he just wants to come back as the slowest animal on earth and already have a house that he doesn't have to pay for, you know? <laughs> oh, So Tom's like, I want to be a horse. He goes, so she can ride you? You know, this shit wasn't cute six years ago. So she's like, that's too easy. All right, now how is it going into business with each other? How are your wives supporting you? Just because I'm cutting flowers doesn't mean I can't start some crap. All right, let's talk about what a bitch Katie is. Anyone? Anyone? So Tom's like, oh, oh. Like trying not to say anything. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, dude, so Katie was like, um, you know, asking me about the name. And she told me the idea was very uninspired. And so Lisa's like, well, what is the name? Is it something like sexy, unique bar sub? And, and she says, but they tell her and she's like, not impressed. And she goes, well, I've always been very passionate about names. Villa Blanca, Tom Tom. Pump. (laughs) You've got Villa Blanca, a villa that's white, sir, sex unique restaurant, even my children, Pandora, a box full of mysteries, Max, the number of things allowed in express checkout lane, or or the amount of weight you can carry on an airplane. Hmm. All right, well, not that one, but the rest of them are really good, but Schwartz and Sandy's. I, I love that she says she's passionate about names and she uses pump as an example as if pump is like, first of all, it's part of your own name. And second of all, it's just such a pump. <laughs> it's like, it's like, doesn't really have much artistry to it. So yeah. So Schwartz is like, well, uh, yeah, it feels on his part, which, oh, 
I think those are my words, I think. Oh, yeah, they were. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I asked Katie to plant the seed of doubt. Oh, by the way, could you imagine we're like a, a, a business partner and this is how they operate? Oh, my God. So Crazy. it gets even worse. So now he admits that he actually told Katie to say it was uninspired, which, <laughs> which is and then, terrible. Yeah. It's so shitty, but also so hilarious because it really is so Schwartz. So Tom's like, well, I mean, if you wanted to do that, you don't have Katie Maloney come at me, Lego lady, all right? The lady who does, like, color coloring books by, by number because she's too lazy to even pick the colors for the coloring book. Have Lisa <laughs> Vanderpump, someone whose opinion I actually respect, come at me. Yeah, and she's just, Lisa just goes, why are you such a pussy? <laughs> you know, this is a dog house, not a cat house. Pussy, <laughs> pussy, pussy. So then um, so, James is getting the ring ready, and he's showing the little dog the ring, and um, yeah. he's nervous, and then Ariana is, like, packing her fanny pack. And finds a Jolly Rancher. Yeah. And then over at Sir, uh, Lisa walks in and walks up to Charlie and goes, Oh, hello. You look remarkably casual. So who are you? <laughs> are you here to sell telephone books? We'll take three, please. <laughs> no, uh I, I actually work here, and I, I actually just got off work from brunch, and now I'm, like, heading to Palm Springs. Oh, you're going with all of them. Do you, do they know who you are? Will you be welcomed? Could be very awkward. She's like, well, I just want a relaxing weekend. She's like, oh, the only thing relaxed about that group are their morals. Get it! Get it! <laughs> All right. Now, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a large SUV. Make sure there's room for dogs. Make sure that there's water for James. Uh, I'm actually, I'm not the Uber driver. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Who are you again? Yeah. So then we go to Sheena and Brock's, and Sheena's like, um, my mom got summer holding wardrobe for Palm Springs. She's going to vomit in 10 minutes. She's like, yeah, that's why we got 20 outfits. <laughs> All right, Sheena, I've got to go off and give our baby a hit hit exercise training, and uh, she'll be back in a little bit with lots of vomit on her little sweatsuit. Okay. So then Schwartz and Katie are packing, and he's like, Look, Papa, I appreciate you going to bat for me, but that conversation really didn't go well. He said you were being condescending. And she's like, Bubba, I was just saying it can be better than that. I know, Baba. You just need to hug it out and chat. You know, we need to be a united front. She's like, uh, what is this? What about us? You know? He goes, no, 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 no. Of course we're a united front. But Baba, I'm like, I'm like talking about like the new spot where we're not, we're more of an American Airlines front, Baba. And she's like, uh, he wants me to put a doubt in his mind. I did just that. And now he wants me to apologize for it. He's like, don't be dismissive. Just hit him. Hit him. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm pretty sure Tom and I were the ones who said till death do us part, not him and Sandoval. Yeah, guess what? And when you did that, this restaurant wasn't even existing yet. Get out. No one hired you. Yeah, so Schwartz is like, well, we'll be in Palm Springs. There'll be palm trees. And, like, let's have sex. And she's like, eh. Did you just, eh? Honey, that hurts. Bubba. Bubba. So then James and Raquel just drive, and this is a very, like, beginning of the season. Like, we can do this without the rest of the cast. Look how much fun we're having. Because yeah. they're just driving in their car going, Palm Springs! Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and then they drive off the road as Raquel gets hypnotized by the windmills on the side of the highway. <laughs> oh. No, Raquel! 
so they so, start arriving at this rental in Palm Springs and start talking about how they're going to do the rooms. And Katie's like, Tom, we can stand a little bit. I'm not going to complain. not going to complain. I'm not going to yeah. complain. Yeah, Schwartz talks about how Katie when, is usually easygoing, which is a lie. And But when it comes to travel, she wants first class. And I was really, I just assumed they'd show the clip of her that time when, when Schwartz got the upgrade to first class and he took it. And she was like, uh-uh, no, that's mine. Yeah. And then they got into a huge fight because of it. Yeah. So um, everyone is like very happy. They're all there. And then Charlie arrives. And then everyone meets in the kitchen. And um, they we learn that there's going to be, tonight is going to be a fashion show. And then tomorrow night is going to be like something else and two nights from now will be like Coachella and that Rand and Lala are going to be like two are, are, are two doors down etc cetera, etc cetera. and so speaking of Rand and Lala we then go over to Randall and Lala and their rental yeah so Lala gets a call from her agent she's like oh my god hi mamas or whatever and her agent's <laughs> like um calling to let you know some news unfortunately you did not make the New York Times bestseller list. And she was like, you know what's crazy? I had a feeling I wouldn't. Like, really? <laughs> oh, Lala. Oh, this just in. Unfortunately, um, let me consult. You also did not make the USA Today um, bestseller list or the, uh, let's see, what is this? The Penny Saver says close, but not quite there. So I'm sorry. And the Fearless Flyer from Trader Joe's says, you are recommended, but also not a bestseller list there. Sorry, we, we tried everything we could, Lala. Unfortunately, you're not even recommended on your own Instagram front page, um, <laughs> which is aggregated using hashtags you set, and every single post you set has your hashtag in it. Sorry. Um, unfortunately, Lala, I just consulted with my son and his fake newspaper he made this morning. You didn't make it there either. Sorry. Uh, unfortunately, I just called DoorDash to send you a pizza to make you feel better, and they didn't even know who you are. So, <laughs> so um, Lala's like, uh, yeah. So Lala, did you say this? Where she goes, you know what? So crazy. I had a feeling I wouldn't make it. Really, what gave you that feeling, Lala? <laughs> the fact that you've never written a book before, and that like not a lot of people care about your life story. Yeah. So. Um, Natasha says, you should be really proud of the effort that you put in. And by effort, I mean your ghostwriter. You should really thank your ghostwriter and send them a tip. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know why I'm so emotional, um, but I'm extremely proud of the book. So thank you for making my dream come true. And she tells us, not making that list has definitely dented my ego. Like, I feel extremely rejected. <laughs> she's just upset because Stassi made the list and she didn't because she's sort of always doing what Stassi does so then uh, Randall is like you know what I want you to know something because I can't keep secrets okay I made a big cake and she's like oh did you which by the way is something he probably says a lot of times like in most situations just so you know I made a big cake but he probably but usually like, means like the toilet you know you won't believe what came out of there <laughs> A cake. And she's like, please say it doesn't say congrats on being a New York Times bestseller because I'm like totally rejected. And he's like, here's the funny thing. It did. And I called the place because I get nervous, you know, and I I didn't want to have to scrape the icing off. So I just said, you know, Lala. It just says like, Lala, love your vagina. But here's the good news. The text that was supposed to be on the cake, we've repurposed it, and it's a script for my next movie, okay? So it all worked out. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Charlie comes over, and she shows her 
wacky Vanderpump Vanderpump prop, which is her makeup, her esthetician uh, mannequin head or whatever that yeah. she learned on. Yeah, Buffy. Yeah, because she's going to. She's like she just finished her finals from esthetician school, um, and so um, yeah, she's. Yeah, so we have that, which is like I really, li- I really, really like Charlie a lot, but I, I this was not. That's lame. I, I, so I don't need her to do prop comedy. Yeah, it's lame. So Lala um, is like Buffy. I'm like, oh no, doesn't Raquel say this? Where she's like, um, I'm sorry, but if this is the if this mannequin reflects anything she's learned from school, you are not touching these brows. <laughs> And so uh, tonight's theme is going to be off the runway fashion show styles and fashions you would see only in the highest of fashion runways in Milan or my closet. And pickleball and pickleball. Tomorrow's pickleball. That was the one I couldn't remember. It's more like I blocked it out. So there's pickleball and uh, then we have Coachella and all that stuff. So So Ariana's like, I don't even know what pickleball is. Hold on. Let me look it up and read the definition. Pickleball. Hi, I'm Teddy. 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 Yeah, I still don't really get it, but <laughs> I rely on you guys. Playing. Yeah. So now, fear the hate. Fear the hate. It was a nice little tricksy moment, you know. Yeah. Really expressing the heat of Palm Springs. And the girls are dancing in the pool, and Tom and Ariana are playing cornhole. And then Schwartz is like, whoa, we've got good vibes. It's like high frequency. Like, hey, but before Lala here gets here, Ariana, have you guys talked? Because like I really think that there's enough there worth fighting for. And she's like, yeah, and- um, we're gonna have fun. Period. And Charlie says, I'm just confused how people are like, I'm grown, I have a baby. And then they say shit like that. And it's like, we got to pick a lane, okay? Like, literally, I've dealt with girls like Lala all before. And and then Charlie says, I grew up in Barstow, okay? And let me tell you, I've had guns put to my head before because I know gangsters. And Lala is not one of them. Trust me when I say. She's like, it is laughable when they say something, when someone says they're going to redirect their rage at me, like Go for it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you're the newest badass on Vanderpump Rules. She's going to fold like a house of cards. Spoiler alert. So then uh, everyone's getting ready for this fashion show, um, which I haven't said it 9,000 times yet. I don't approve of this. But I do no. like that Katie dresses in the most Katie way ever. <laughs> Everyone else is like trying to like look crazy. And then Katie just wears like a robe over um like a rock shirt you know yeah and so uh randall and lala show up with the cake and lala's like hi jameson and he goes oh congratulations on your book by the way i heard you were in the running to be a new york times bestseller i mean to be fair anyone can be a bestseller i mean even stassi was a bestseller i mean Mm -hmm. to not be a bestseller would be absolutely ridiculous that'd be like trying to Split a salad without a fee. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who doesn't become a bestseller of the New York Times? Am I right, everyone? Am I right? Mm, and she's like, let's not celebrate that, but I'm proud. So she walks off, and Schwartz is talking to Randall, who's just like in a simple black shirt. And he's like, black shirt. whoa, Rand, you're like doing the Zuckerberg. I'm not on that level yet. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? We need to talk about your business, all right? Because they didn't let me invest. Can you believe that? They didn't let me invest in their business, huh? <laughs> and then we get a flashback of like the Tom saying that they took out, you know, home equity loans and that Tom Sandoval's mom invested in no one else. 
And um, Schwartz and, and is like, wow, the fact that you would even offer that. I mean, I didn't even think you were being serious. He's like, ah, uh-uh, don't do that. Don't do that. You, you, you're Schwartz shuffling right now. Don't do the Schwartz shuffle with me. Yeah. By the way, also, I like that. I mean, isn't Steve Jobs the one who famously wore a black shirt every day? I, I know Mark Zuckerberg, I looked this up. Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg apparently wears a gray shirt every day. But I feel like it's it's uh, Steve Jobs who was like most famous for wearing black every day. So that just goes to show you. Like, he wore the black turtleneck. So somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, it was like a mock, somewhere mock in there. turtleneck. Yeah. Um, so so um, then Brock and Sheena come over, and he's like in a like kimono pant dress type thing with a big kimono fan, and um, Sheena's like Brock literally is a jack of all trades. He cooks, he cleans, he sews. I don't know if he can hang a TV in under seven minutes, but I guarantee he's gonna try. And we see footage of Brock at a sewing machine saying, here's the fun tip with sewing. Let the machine do all the work. Don't pull it through. Then afterwards, you smash the machine with your fist and turn it into a workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get two pieces of cloth, put them between your thighs, and squeeze until they're so terrified that they promise to stick together forever. All right? <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for the fashion walk-off. And it's... it's I. Mm, it's terrible and it's, hard to watch. It's terrible. Okay. But they it's terrible and boring and not, and not funny. Well, that's it, good. It goes on for a long time. Because we're almost at 55 minutes anyway, so they have fun. Okay, but <laughs> it is funny that the they all have score things to score, but the only person that Tom is looking at is his own. He he doesn't look at anybody else's score. <laughs> so. And Katie's so mad. And Katie's like, she's like, oh, well, of course, Sandoval came up with a contest, tailored to a theme he picked, made himself a contestant, a host, and is the only judge. I wonder who's going to win. I'm like, Katie, I think you're the only one who's actually taking this contest seriously right now. Yeah, but it is funny. And then uh, James is like, and the winner is Tom Sandoval. She has shocker. <laughs> so then Lala so, is telling Katie, she's like, oh, my God, look at that cover. It's the hottest I've ever felt. And Katie's like, how are you feeling about being here? She's like, no idea, because, like, everyone's coming at me from all angles. Like, did she say anything, Ariana? Like, is she mad? Is she pest? Like, Yeah. And Katie goes, well, I think you guys are coming from, like, two different places. Like, you're coming from a very nuanced perspective. And by nuanced... I'm just saying that because I actually don't know the definition of the word. Because if I didn't know the definition of the word, I definitely would not use it in this context. But you're coming from a nuanced perspective. And she's coming from a, I thought we were cool. I have no idea where this is coming from perspective. Um, And Lala points at Charlie and she goes, yeah, well, she was quite steady bombing the other night. Like, you hurt your feelings. I just can't. I just can't. So now food arrives and Charlie makes herself her own little sandwich. And... um. Uh, and so they're all sitting at the table and Randall starts up with the Toms and he's like, so what's the name of the bio? What's the bio opening? Because if I were an investor, if I were allowed to invest, you know, and Lala's like, okay, Rand, you know what? You weren't, uh, you're not, they didn't want you to invest. It's okay. It's okay, Rand. Nah, and it's not acceptable. And that's the problem I have with Schwartz. He's giving me the Schwartz shuffle. Have I said that yet? Schwartz shuffle. And he's <laughs> pretending he wants me in. Like he doesn't even know where the bar is. Where's your bar? Where's your bar? What am I even investing in 
No, and nothing. Sandoval's like, sir, you're already yeah. fucking someone to get on TV. Okay, no one with a brain would take any money from you. You know this guy is shady yeah. as hell and would try and launder his shit through there and then come and just eat like free double chicken sandwiches every day and bring a whole like crew in and meetings in and expect to have everything for free all the time. No, sir. Even the Toms are smart enough not to let your ass in this door. They are. And and watching Rand's Hollywood producer ego be totally dented, just the way Lala's was dented by the New York Times, is great because he's he's pissed off. Um, he, this is such a producer thing to, you know, like now start to belittle Schwartz, who admittedly does deserve it. So he's like, Sandoval says that he made a deal with the, with his mom and stepdad and they requested no other partners. And so Randall's like, well, thank you for being honest and straight up and letting me know where you weren't, and we weren't interested. Okay. You, Schwartz, on the other hand, you're not my friend right now. Okay. You're not my friend. I'm not good at this stuff. I'm shrinking. He's like, so come on, tell me what your bar is. Pitch us. They don't have to pitch you because they're yeah. not interested in you being a part of it. But nice try. Go produce your own reality show, sir. You're not getting a spinoff of like Rand Rules, okay? Nobody cares. Yeah, the only person exactly. who cares is the person who fucked you for a Range Rover, okay? You've already impressed her and bought her her little cake or whatever. Now, shuffle off. He just wants off. to make Schwartz uncomfortable. He is one of these producers who clearly is a... Um, I'm gonna yell and belittle because it's gonna it's gonna make them become like more of a more of a man. Like it'll it'll strengthen him up, you know. And so um, and so you know, Schwartz is like, oh, it's complicated. What do you mean it's complicated? Okay, I'll tell you what complicated is: putting words on a on a cake. That's complicated. Okay, you know what's Schwartz, complicated? I'm trying go- to get Bruce Willis to show up for a scene on a day he's got a teeth cleaning. All right, that's complicated. <laughs> You know what's complicated? Trying to adapt the label on this peanut butter into a script for Bruce Willis. It can be done, but it's complicated. He's like, Schwartz, I don't even think you're involved. I don't think even think you're involved in the theme. And it's like, oh my God, he's being so mean, right? That's what, that's what we're all thinking. And Schwartz is like, yes, I am. The theme is what Tom and Katie say. He's like, nah, you're not involved at all. So the producer asks him, so what's the concept? And Schwartz is like, uh, don't do this to me. Oh, God. Oh, God. oh gosh! This guy and is like is infuriating. He is excruciating. He's infuriating. Yeah. Like you've been handed everything and you still can make zero effort. At this point, I think Tom should just dump Schwartz. He doesn't do shit anyway. Actually, work with Katie. Katie would probably at least do something. I mean, she at least yeah. put up a website for that bubble and pout or boo boo and pucker and pout. Pooper and poopoo and poopoo. And poopoo and so pow. Then, uh, <laughs> so Randall's like, you never should bring Schwartz to a meeting ever, okay? I should have I should have talked to Tom from the beginning because I know he's the decision maker. And so Lala turns to Katie and is like, do you feel like my man's being mean to your man's? Like, do you want me to tell him to shut up? And Katie's like, no, he can handle it, which is a lie. Schwartz can't handle it. But Katie just is like mad that she was sold up the river by him. So she's like, <laughs> going to basically punish him. Yeah. And she's like, I absolutely wish Schwartz would be more assertive, but I wish he would have more confidence in talking about something he's obviously very passionate about. And he's like, well, I'm happy for you, Sandoval. All right, but not you, Schwartz. And Tom is like, thanks, dude. And if we ever get into a bind, I swear we're going to call you. 
Which at that point, Sandoval should be like now sticking up for his partner a little bit, I think. I think that Rand has now pushed it a little bit too far. At some point, he should be like, uh, that's my business partner. And like, I still stand behind him, right? Uh, well, you I, can't so I do anything. Sort of- I don't, I don't, because Schwartz is just such a wuss. Like, Schwartz is such a non factor in everything, you know? It's like, he is a wuss. He's but so frustrating it's the wuss to, he chose watch. to go into business with. Yeah. Yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if do we, something if we want yourself. He's already dragging. Katie. He's already dragging Sandoval around, like literally dragging him around place to place. Like handing this guy a life, and this guy can't even answer questions at dinner. Just say fuck off. It's none of your business. You know, like he's an yeah. adult. How much do you have to say for an adult? And and Rand says, well, don't. He says to Schwartz, don't speak. I'm not investing in you. I'm investing in your partner. And then Katie says, Schwartz is being such a little bitch lately. I'm like lately. What what is lately? Is that the past ten years? Because that makes you know Yeah. That that qualifies. So then Lala is like, So James, are you going back to DJ Sir ever? And he's like, Oh well, you know, my God, you know, you know, here's a long story short, all right? Me and Max got into a big argument and basically I just lost it, all right? Basically I had a slip up. I had a slip up. And then it cuts to all right, let me read this to my son. You're fat, nobody likes you, you're miserable cut fitness, and you always have been. Come outside, you fat prick. <laughs> <laughs> You know, things got heated very quickly, and my anger got the best of me. And yes, I had a slip up, but I and I disrespected Lisa Son, and I can't go back to Sir right now. And everyone goes, "Oh, like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, you did it again." Oh, yeah. It was definitely a test that I failed. So, sort of like Raquel in math class, am I right, everyone? High five, Raquel! High five, Raquel! I have ice cream and not you, Raquel. So then it's James and Raquel in a double interview together and he's like we don't want to be that couple i'm the one bringing her down and i'm always causing trouble and then she's always got to come in and like put a cap on me fix my mistakes you know it reflects badly on me like yeah it doesn't look bad that she's trying to fix your mistakes and apologize for you it looks bad for you that you're still such a jackass that you're pushing over heat lamps in restaurants over a split salad james yeah she goes, it reflects badly on me, too, because I can be the sweetest person. But people will be like, your boyfriend's a little crazy. I'm like, well, maybe it's time for a new boyfriend. Yeah. So um, they ask if they can repair it. And um, Schwartz is like, you know what? But like, babe, maybe two years ago, James Bubba, I would have been like, this is a broken record and like only half listening. But you've made leaps and bounds since then. And now Lala, so now Lala decides to make it about her. So she goes, well, I just want to know real quick, because this is strange to me, because like him saying all this and everyone's like, oh, well, things happen. But then the way I've acted, I did not get, gain the, get the same response. I mean, I acted that way to Raquel just two years ago and everyone was like, oh, you need to muzzle yourself, bitch, and get back in your cage. Well, actually, people said that to James, too. And they were like, you need to kind of get sober because you're out of control. And so they're, they, uh, actually, they're trying to be like... James was ostracized all last season because of his behavior, but also because of you, like Austin, yeah. you know, and they're like, like keeping everybody they're trying to from support him on a sobriety him, so. journey right now. And yeah. Lala, when those points that you talk about were also when you were like not sober, and I'm not making a judgment about sobriety or, or whatever, but like those are very important contextual differences, right? And how people are going to react to you. And everyone did get mad at Lala for like many years for when she would go off on people, but she just wants to make it about herself. Yeah. And people were still your friends after you went off on everybody. In fact, they lifted you up more than ever. 
they actually like let you into the witches of WeHo kind of or whatever their thing was. Yeah. So they did. She's ridiculous. So she's like, yeah, I mean, the way that you acted at Sheena's birthday was disgusting, Ariana. And how the hell is Charlie backing up Ariana? Like, oh, she's just confused. And Charlie's like, I'm backing up Ariana because of what I'm seeing. I mean, I'm not judging on the last five years because I don't care what happened in the last five years. And she's like, then you've got no skin in the skin, baby. And Charlie goes, what do you mean I have no skin? I'm still here at the fucking table. And Lolly goes, I see you. I see you. And Charlie goes, well, I'm allowed to say what I want to say because you're not the only one that's allowed to say things. Well, here's what I want to say to you. She's like, um, what are you saying? Tell me so I can try to understand you. She's like, let me speak, bitch. She's like, don't you call me a bitch because if you want to play this fucking game with me, we can play this fucking game. Enough. Enough. It was very like season one audition of Real Housewives. I loved it. I loved it because (laughs) I actually felt like Charlie, like, I think that Charlie actually was like, no, you're not allowed to talk like that to me, okay? And I was like, enough. Don't tell me enough. There's one person you can't fucking play with, and that's fucking me. And then Lala goes, oh, wow. She sounds like me. She's giving me Lala. I'm like, please don't, like, try to promote your book in the middle of this fight. So... (laughs) So I know before you were hinting at that you felt that Charlie folded. I actually think Lala folded. I think in that moment Lala folded because she sort of became made like she sort of pulled back and made like a little joke, and that gave Charlie the opening to say, "And now I have the floor to be melodramatic, whether warranted or not." I actually think it's actually a warranted melodrama. And she goes, "You know, I've been really nice to everyone in this group, even when you're mean to me, Lala. I've been so nice." And she's like, I've never been mean to you. And Schwartz is going, guys, stop. Fine. You're all partners. Everybody's a partner now. And Charlie's like, you called me a moron on the internet before I even met you, Lala. And we see the tweet where Lala Kent says, she's a fucking moron. And Lala goes, yeah, but you said carbs make you gain weight. Yeah. And Charlie says, you want another real reason why I don't eat pasta? We can do it right now. Which, by the way, one of my one of my favorite phrases, do you want another real reason why I don't eat pasta? <laughs> we can and, do it right now, buddy. I know. Um, if it weren't, like, if, it, if this moment weren't actually rooted in childhood trauma for her, it would be, like, actually a pretty amazingly hilarious, wonderful moment. But it actually has some, we, this is something we actually found out last season after we had, of course, gone on the record with our podcast and made fun of her talking about pasta. And then we found out about this, which comes to the air right here. Charlie's saying that she has issues with her food. And um, she's like, you guys, I didn't come here and tell everyone my family trauma, but there's a reason why I don't eat things. And so... Brock gets up and starts confronting her and be like, it's all right. It's all right. We can do some hit, hit, hit training to work this out of you. Come on. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, she does this big thing about there's trauma because she was forced to eat certain things as a kid. And if she, did, she didn't, she would get in trouble. And it wasn't like normal. Other kids got to go to your room or don't have dessert. But my punishment was more intense. And that's not easy to deal with as a child. I don't know really what any of that means. Here's what I do know. Charlie, in this clip they showed of when they were making comments, and we were everyone was making comments because it was hilarious. She said, yeah. I have this theory that pasta is the reason why everyone like gains weight. And Dana goes, <laughs> yeah, duh, because carbs. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It was like a little tiny thing. It, I don't know why it has to turn into this huge thing about it. Like a lot of people say pasta makes you gain weight. I don't really understand this whole yeah, well, I I mean, 
admittedly being like dumbstruck that pasta makes you gain weight is kind of <laughs> I mean, idiotic. It's kind of funny. And nobody was making fun of your trauma. Nobody knew about pe- it. So I'm kind of with people- Lala on that. I think there was, but there was also um, like, and Charlie had said something, but I think she had never had an avocado or something or she, but, but then it turns out, I, I don't know. It was one of these things where it just kind of felt like it was, we found a way after the fact that she has like, intense childhood trauma which she has not elaborated on at least on the show maybe offline she has and i haven't looked it up but um she clearly has issues around food that are dark and so la and she's basically saying it right now she's basically like i have issues with food and lala's like well i didn't ask the question and charlie and charlie's like well you made statements about it and it's not nice and then lala's like well everyone did everyone did as if like if anyone ever had that response to lala like, well, everyone was saying it. You know Lala would would just lose her mind. But now, of course, she's the one, you know, saying, like, well, everyone said these things. Everyone said. It's just the Lala. I, I don't think I'm articulating myself properly. So Lala's a hypocrite. Lala's a fucking Lala's hypocrite. A hypocrite. Yeah. There we so go. So Charlie goes in crying and Brock and Sheena go in with her. And Sheena's doing like that wiping her eyes thing. But her nails are so long that it's like, <gasps> don't help me. No, like please, yeah. please uh, keep your fucking kebab sticks away from my my fucking <laughs> eyes. Thank you. So then, um, Charlie tells us, you know, it makes her think when people question her food choices, it's like being four years old again. So then Lala is outside going, "Am I supposed to know why she doesn't eat pasta? I mean, my God, <laughs> which this, is <laughs> this is just such a Vanderpump Rules fight. I'm sorry. Yeah, and like then, like moments later, so so basically, um. Um, you know, she, Lala goes in and finds her. And says, Look, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what you've been through, which is funny because we literally just saw a clip of Lala yelling at someone saying, my dad just died. Right. So like you expect people to read your mind of what you're going through. Right. So Charlie's like, look, well, get to know me then because like everyone else before you just makes assumptions. You know, it's like I understand where it's coming from. Like maybe you should understand where it's coming from before you make statements like she's a dumb bitch. And she goes, but yeah, but look, Bitch just flies out of my mouth like fried chicken crumbs fly out of rants. I can't promise I'm never going to call you a bitch again. She goes, but then don't. She's like, but that word just comes out of my mouth. She's like, then take it out of your mouth. It's not nice. She goes, bitch flies out of my mouth like the word, I need a Perrier. I was like, what? Did I hear that correctly? I need a Perrier? So... Maybe it was a t- something else totally that I've just heard as I need a Perrier. Or maybe no, I just that's what a she said in that moment. Yeah, that's what she said. So then Lala's so then like, we... it's the best word ever, bitch. And then we see like a bitch montage of Lala just <laughs> saying bitch like 90,000 times. Set to Ode to Joy. Yeah. Which is funny because Ode to Joy is famously used in Die Hard starring Bruce Willis. And every housewife's um, coming this season on The Real Housewives. Like 90% of them are like, so it ends with, Bampy, I bitch. <laughs> yeah. And Lala's, Lala's like, you know what? Just know that if you say an opinion I don't like, I might come out of pocket for you. And Charlie's like, well, that's not fair. I feel like we should relate on things more than we disrelate. <laughs> like, well, oh my gosh. Maybe we maybe we should, you know, not write off Lala's moron comment quite quite so quickly. Um, so La, she's like, I'm going to give you a hug, and I'm not even a hugger. And Lala's like, see, I'm a huge hugger. Like, how is this friendship ever going to work? I'm still Team Charlie. Like, hardcore Team Charlie. I'm Team and no this, one. And in so many I'm things. Team fucking do something. And pregnant I love somebody. Charlie. Okay, that's where I am. <laughs> team impregnate somebody. Well, we saw how what happened when that 
that was less happened. I'm not okay. I'm not now. I'm now. I'm not making any sense. I saw what happened. Now we saw what happened when that last happened. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but um, next time, anyway. pickleball. Here's pickleball, my notes. pickleball tournament. With, next and time, it's be pickleball a whole thing. open. I can't with this. That's my final note on yeah, that. Special rules. fonts, special music. There'll be special costumes. I'm sure. <sighs> Don't yep. need it. Too bad. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening and for those of you who watched. Thanks for watching. We will be back uh, tomorrow with some The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season finale. So sad. And our bonus this week, we're going to be talking about lots of TV. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. That's also on Patreon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget, by the way, Mondays we do our Green Room, Spotify Green Room show from 7 to 8 on the West Coast, 10 to 11 on the East Coast. So much fun. We'll talk about all sorts of things. And you know what? Rest in peace, Coco, Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Alison King. Ashley Savoni, she don't take no baloney. She's not just a Sheila, she's a Daniela. Itchels, Dana C. Dana Do. Aaron McNicholas, she don't miss no trickolis. Hava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sipped some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. We McLovin, Karen McClellan. She's always supplying, it's Kelly Ryan. Kristen the Piston Anderson. Megan Berg, you can't have a burger without the Berg. You don't touch the Nicky Morgan letters. There ain't no problem that Sarah Salvia can't solve ya. The Bay Area Betches, Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Better than Tabbouleh, it's Annie and Julie. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. Always the wiser, it's Allison Weasler. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. She's cheese on a bagel, it's Megan Ragel. Erica, 500 days of summers. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. My favorite Murdo, Karen McMurdo. No one makes us feel well like Megan Cap Sewell, Mina Coochie Coochie Coochie. Give him hell, Miss Noel. Sarah Greenwood, she only uses her power for good. Can't have a meal without the Emily sides. Shannon, out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's get racy with Miss Stacy. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kuchar. We love you guys.